0: Buddy. we're so glad that you're here. Hey, Dad, don't look at the camera.
1: Why not? Because, because. Well, it's a podcast. They can't see that I'm looking at it.
0: Well, the ones who are watching it can. True. It's okay. You can do whatever you want. You're a grown man. Uh, all right, Dad. Um, well, before we jump into our topic, let's just kind of ch- let's check in with each other. How are you doing? What's going on today? Um, it's been a
1: a revealing day for me personally. Um, People wouldn't know this, but as we've edited the um, podcast, we've had to listen to ourselves talk for hours on end. And I have to honestly say that it is, for listening to myself is exhausting. So what that's telling me is if it's exhausting for me, what's it like for other people who've known me my whole life who've listened to me talk for years or somebody that I just meet. And, um, it's, it's a learning opportunity to speak more succinctly to ratchet it back. I call it use less words per square inch or less words per per inch than we do. Yeah. Because it's, um, I don't want, I don't want it to be like that. I want people, I want it to be a, an experience that people have that when they walk away, they feel better, not not more tired, like they have to go take a nap after they've engaged in conversation.
0: Well, yeah, but that's not always the case either. True,
1: it's it's not a hundred percent that way.
0: We're going to be more critical, and we have literally been listening to hours and hours of ourselves talked, which is really annoying.
1: Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah, but but it's good because you know you can I. I not smugly, but I will confidently say, what's it like to be on the other side of a conversation with yourself? And it stops people in their tracks sometimes, but never me, because of course I think everything I say is golden. So (laughs) hearing myself talk and having to listen to it has been an eye opener, a great learning opportunity for me. Mm -hmm. What about you?
0: Yeah, I'm I'm doing good today, I, yesterday, last night was, it was tough, um, w- losing all that footage. Yes,
1: we, no, what, what happened?
0: We had f- probably edited 20 plus hours worth of film, and we lost it in the ethers. Just the film
1: part, we had the sound, we had the so weird. other yeah. stuff, but, yeah. yeah.
0: I had my spiritual direction call, and you know was was sitting in prayer earlier too and the phrase that came to me was refinement in real time. Hmm. And that's just this podcast is mirroring so much of the stuff that I'm having to sift through in my own life, hmm. my own journey. Yeah. And it is, it's very eye-opening, it's very humbling.
1: Yeah.
0: And I what I'm learning too is just to keep the persistency of like this is hard and it's not always fun mm-hmm. but I also believe in my heart that this is something we're meant to be doing right now.
1: I agree with yeah. that.
0: So today on episode four what we want to do is explore the this concept of intergenerational connections and, and why we believe it's important and just dive into our own experiences with connecting with Older people, younger people, and um, we'll see what, where where that takes us, what kind of things we can glean from our own experience mm-hmm. to maybe offer whoever's listening.
1: When you said that, um, it made me think of how I grew up, mm-hmm. and it made me have a flashback. I was, wow, I hadn't thought about that in a long time. Um, what happened? I grew up in Alaska. I was born in Alaska when it was a territory. In the, I was born in the 50s. So my parents were missionaries up there. My dad was from LA, my mom was from Trinidad, Colorado. Man, that, my dad had just gotten out of, the, out of the army, you know, after World War II. They got married after college and they were headed up there. And my dad started a church up there in the 50s. So very sparsely populated. But some people came to my dad's church and he's long gone now, but it, his name was Enoch and her name was Gertrude and they were Inuits. And I remember one time in the winter, Enoch and my dad went beaver hunting. And <laughs> it was so cold that Enoch put me on piggyback, put me underneath his parka.
0: So you went, we, you went with them? Oh uh, We
1: went. Him, oh. And, him and his grandson went oh, with them. Wow. Uh, How old were you? Five. Wow. Something like that. Four.
0: You remember it? Yeah, I
1: remember it. We, we He put me under inside of his parka.
0: Wow. But
1: and this was a seal skin parka. And we went out five miles out in the middle of nowhere and took a an axe and broke through the ice to check his beaver traps. But the point of it is, is we connected in very familial ways. Even though they were Inuits and my parents were from California and Colorado, there was this connection. Mm-hmm. And Gertrude actually made me a pair of mukluks. Wow. of a seal skin.
0: Man, I wish you still had those. Yeah.
1: It just made me think about the importance of those connections. Enoch was older than my dad um Probably by 10 years, mm-hmm. but I saw my dad connect with people from a very early age and, and it and it somehow kind of landed on me.
0: Yeah, well, I feel like we don't have it doesn't seem like generally speaking, we have a lot of those same opportunities to connect with varying generations. See, I
1: don't know if I agree with that, yeah, because we actually have more opportunities in my opinion we just don't take advantage of them and use them
0: yeah well maybe it's it's maybe maybe it's more of then we don't i don't think that we have the practice
1: maybe that's it a...
0: but also in that time period i feel like where we were in society and culturally like the very the the tasks that we had to do to maintain a... Um, a household, a farm, land, things like that. They're activities that bring people together.
1: It forced, that may be the wrong word, but it forced relationships well, between generations.
0: And I think in in the old days, there are more defined roles in the community. There's this disconnect to place.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. places wherever you are at the moment mm-hmm. with a cell phone and a laptop. Mm-hmm it can be anywhere. Yeah, so
0: when when we had this mutual responsibility of tending to the land or or whatever the the task was at hand, it provided opportunities for the young and the old to come together.
1: So, what's your point with that about you know about relationships?
0: Well, I think that again, I think it goes back to just Taking initiative to creating those opportunities, mm. in a society that's more technologically focused and 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 virtually consumed. How do we plug back into the land, into the the scenery around us? So then,
1: answer that.
0: One, we pay attention. We open our eyes and we look at what, who, and what is right in front of us, and we take a step towards that. We joke a lot about the boomer thing and the millennial thing, but those are such oversimplified stereotypes that it's, I've been in the place where I'm, you know, I've met a grumpy old man mm-hmm. and I'm like, geez, freaking boomer. And, and that has, has at times prevented me from wanting to connect with boomers in yeah. way, in ways where, but like I can reel that in and be like, okay, one person can, oftentimes in any group, one person can easily ruin it for everybody else. Yeah. And so to understand that and to be like, okay, take that with a grain of salt.
1: Being challenged in the way one thinks can cause one to grow. You and I told, were juxtaposed in some opinions about many things. And my personality is one that I believe I'm right about everything. Boomer. Yeah, boomer, and that's and and that's I'm I'm a connector. And one of the things I've learned in the last two years is not only am I not right, I could be wrong, and I probably am wrong about some things. Mm -hmm. So once you have that awareness, then it's then you have a decision to make, and that's you can change. So having those relationships with millennials that challenge my thinking, Mm -hmm. one of my friends is totally opposite of me but we both like the dynamic of being able to have these conversations and disagree and even argue and walk away still being friends with each other mm-hmm. it's not it's the opposite of cancel culture i embrace the difference and i'm learning to embrace it more and it it's vibrant it's alive you feel like you can be honest and they can be honest and it doesn't affect how much you care about each other
0: Mm -hmm. i think that there's this there's this narrative that the generations are constantly battling each other which there's obviously some truth to that right Mm -hmm. but if i look at just my day-to-day life Without my phone and in that world that we've created this fantasy world online, those divisions aren't as defined. Right. Sometimes I can take a narrative and it and make it seem it seems like it's it's the reality, but really well, give me an example. It's really not. Let me think well, just with this, the narrative of you know boomers suck they're they're closed-minded they don't they hate the younger generations that's just not true those are oversimplified stereotypes that we we buy in and to me it just creates division and Mm -hmm. and it's prevents further dialogue and relationships there have been times in my life where I have written people off based on how they look or how old they are
1: you mean bias or prejudice
0: totally Yeah, and there's ageism is a real thing. And, you know, I think in er, my early 20s, I probably, you know, I thought y'all were stupid. I thought, you know, the the boomers were just this cold, Mm -hmm. hard-headed, bigoted generation.
1: Well, what do you think I could do as a boomer to help rectify that?
0: You already are, and I think that's where other other boomers, if we're just gonna say that, other boomers in my life proved the the stereotype wrong for me. How? By us getting to know each other. You know, the last in the last chapter of my life, most of my friends were sixty five and above, hmm. and that was a time in my life of deep soul searching, a lot of darkness a lot of surrender. And I almost feel like my spirit was crying out to my, my spirit was drawing towards the older generation. I think mm-hmm. a lot of my friends gave me, you know, they gave me guidance, stability. There's this sense of continuity with
1: what about acceptance?
0: Yeah. Acceptance. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think what something I love about the older generation is is the their openness to share stories? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't particularly like small talk. I want to go deep. I don't really, I don't really care what you do. I don't really want to yeah. talk about the the uniform. What do you do for a living? What's your major? How old are you? Are you married? Do you the have kids? icebreaker stuff? Yeah, I hate that stuff.
1: What are some things that we can do as people of different generations to build bridges? So that we can have a relationship with you, with each other.
0: I think we need to be creative in how we build and cultivate those kind of relationships.
1: That's one.
0: One way is to get out of our routines. Yeah. We're, we're creatures of habit. Take risks. Yeah, take risks. Yeah, for sure. So in in the last season of my life... I, w- I was not doing the, the routine social
1: hmm. thing. What did you do differently in your time in Port Angeles that kind of shifted that mindset for you?
0: Well, when I gave up centering my life around the, the partying, I'll just say that I'll mm-hmm. sum that up as, mm-hmm. as partying, I had a lot more time. And I was looking intentionally looking at the environment around me, instead of focusing on the the, the world that we have built in social media. Yeah. I was looking at what was going on right in front of me in that community. I was the most connected to the people and the land than mm-hmm. I have ever been in any community mm-hmm. I've lived in.
1: Yeah, and, so you had to be intentional. Do you think your age, being in your mid-30s now, has changed the way you think about not only millennials, but the generation below you? Yeah. How?
0: Something my best friend and I say a lot is it's not the age, it's the stage of life. And so these different ideas that I've had about people's ages or my own age have sort of of like disintegrated, Mm -hmm. and it's almost created a more of this open space do
1: you think that happens just randomly or just in a in a vacuum or do you have to be intentional about some of that
0: you have to be intentional i mean starting on for me going down the my spiritual journey and and my healing journey it demands that you take a look at yourself i had to look at myself in the mirror and see the the hard all the parts and with that becomes awareness, and and I think a desire for healthy
1: challenges. So then, how do so then how did your relationships with older people, boomers, or whomever, help with that, or were how were they part of that?
0: Well, I got super involved in in the community and and I volunteered a lot and typically. The people who are running those circles are older people, mm-hmm. and they—I felt like they gathered me and, and took me in. I had the the circle of of elders who who started taking me in, and I and I went to them too. I almost like fell into their arms, and I feel like that's such a in my mm-hmm. mind of a yeah, of that's... a grandparent. I feel like they. Have their They have their arms wide open, and mm. you fall into them. And in some of my darkest moments, it was my older friends who helped pick me up and, yeah. and pull me out of those times. And the
1: thing about that that you don't realize as, as millennials maybe is we value that. Mm-hmm. We value that you need us.
0: Yeah, I'm sure.
1: Uh, yeah, and I think—
0: It gives you a sense of—I'm sure it helps— give you a sense of purpose one of my best friends in in Washington would say how how young she felt and how much energy energy she had when she hung out with
1: it's true with us it's it's invigorating Mm -hmm. Uh, we were talking earlier in the traditions of cultures it was the elders that passed on the oral traditions and the songs and the stories and left that for the tribes their language it was passed on through those interactions between the youngers and the elders mm-hmm. you know so it's important and we've really lost that with technology a little bit mm-hmm. we don't have to we can just google stuff and or you know and we can fact check on the fly and we and it takes us away from sitting down face to face with someone and having a conversation mm-hmm. and then passing on or imparting uh, knowledge in mm-hmm. our history
0: hmm. so true just the power of of storytelling and the power of carrying on mm-hmm. wisdom, yeah. you know. Studies have shown that active engagement in intergener- intergenerational relationships has positive impacts on our mental and physical health. It reduces the risk of depression, and it also improves our cognitive functioning. Hmm.
1: That makes me think of where you can find that in our in our society.
0: That's what's so important about local community because, again, we've built so many... Outlets Virtual. virtually mm-hmm. that if we just look out right, what's right in front of us, I mean, there there are so many opportunities to get involved. Something that's been so, so important to me these last few years is the neighbor, the concept of that, the human behind what it means to be a neighbor. Yeah. I think of my neighbors in Port Angeles and I had my workshop in the garage and naturally, people are walking through the alley and they're going to be like, oh, what you doing? What you making? And I had these group of neighbors, just a, a ragtag group of guys. There was one one man who reminded me so much of my gran- grandpa, Grandpa Tom. Huh. and And I'm so glad that I didn't write him off. He, you know, just based on how he looks and some of the stuff that he would say, I'm so glad like I I remained open to him.
1: So you didn't get offended.
0: Yeah, it's important for us to be sensitive of those around us, but I also think that we sometimes go so far with the whole PC thing that we we lose opportunities to yeah. connect. And, and yet,
1: I've seen you stand up in a par- in a room where something was offensive and speak out even in such a way that the person actually kind of received it.
0: Yeah, and Do you yeah, call
1: that situation.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I remember that. I think, I think we, yeah, we we should be able to have those kind of conversations with our neighbors. But it starts by establishing a relationship, and yeah. so there was the guy across the alley, and he he brewed cider. He always got some sort of meat, and was always smoking and out. Right there in the garage. So he had that. We had another guy brewing beer. Had another guy. He had this mm. awesome, like, oriental-type chicken that mm. was so good. And we're all doing our little projects, and we're, you know, teetering around in our in our garages. We would draw each other out, and through that, I mean, we would hang out. I have this awesome image of – so I was building – one of my first woodworking projects was building a Yoni steam and for those of you who don't know what a Yoni steam is, it's a, vagi- Look it up. <laughs> it's a vaginal steam box. Um, nice. Yeah. Nice segue. <laughs> so, okay. So I'm building these these Yoni steam boxes and the na- the guys are out working and they naturally like, okay, what are you doing? What are you working on? And I'm like, are you? Are you sure you want to know? Like <laughs> you asked, do you want to know? And they're like, "Yeah, tell us." Well, I tell them and and after the shock and like the laughter subsides, they're giving me pointers and and giving me, you could use this marine grade wood and you could do this with the the design and it was just it was just a a good image because we're all so different and in all of different ages and backgrounds, yet we're connecting and bonding on this yeah. One thing.
1: How how much do our differences really matter? Like, am I so stuck on my opinion and the and thinking that I'm right that I write you off mm-hmm. as not knowing what you're talking about and you're just a stupid millennial?
0: What do you think that the younger generation seems to be more focused on or passionate about that maybe the older generation is not?
1: The baby boomers came out of the war. It was all about prosperity and working and progressing and, and doing the American dream thing. Mm-hmm. That mindset was pervasive. The younger generation goes, we want to be part of something bigger than us. A Gallup poll said that millennials especially, want mentors. They want to be part of something greater than themselves. and they want then they want to be able to give themselves to that.
0: Mm-hmm. collectively, I feel like our, our generation is more focused on social justice rather than this consumeristic prosperity mm-hmm. movement.
1: Well, we kind of set you all up for that reaction, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. I feel a lot of sadness when I see some of the ways that we treat the older generation.
1: That, I would say that's true both ways. What can we do about that as individuals?
0: I think a lot of it comes down to checking in with ourselves and are we are we being it are we living it you know are we being a good neighbor as uh, <laughs> Mr. Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers would say but there is so much in looking out opening your eyes right in front of you in the in the local sense we need more of of our focus to be on that and I think naturally that means finding people who are different different than you mm-hmm. and and embracing that. And, you know, I, I think of a lot of the older people I, I know, too, and we're all over the map. You know, we have all different perspectives and yeah. different beliefs and faith systems, but we ultimately enjoy the time that we we have with each other.
1: Become aware of your surroundings and the people around you. Mm-hmm. And the place you can do that is to start is in your family, whether your family's fractured or not. Start with your family. Start with your neighbors, like you've been talking. Mm-hmm. What are some ways that you can get out of your own head, your own uh, orbit, and get get out and start looking around you uh, for for ways to in- interact?
0: Yeah, and it doesn't have to be. I think it doesn't. It does not have to be this big, grand appointment, you know, it's, it's simple. And, and I think something I love about the older, older generation is y'all tend to be more open to the dialogue and the, the connection mm-hmm. r- right off the bat. And, and what, I, what's, what I'm imagining is when I fly, I mean, I, I'm going to talk, I talk to everybody, but it's typically the people sitting next to me who are older, who end up sharing we end up sharing each other's life stories you know and, and hugging at the mm. end of the flight and and going on our way but i y'all have a a gift of 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 conversation that as we've progressed in our society it's just we're out of practice
1: well and maybe that's connected <clears throat> with loneliness too as you get older you kind of feel like you're put out to pasture mm-hmm. and you really don't get listened to so when a younger person acts interested it engages you. It draws it out.
0: Yeah, I watched a video of a doctor saying we need eight hugs a day to maintain.
1: And then he said something about twelve hugs.
0: Twelve. So it's we need four hugs to survive a day. We need eight hugs to maintain, and we need. 12 to grow mm. and uh, you know what a hug does just the physical in the physical sense mm-hmm. I mean it releases oxytocin it, it immediately uh, calms. There's actual
1: physiological things that happen
0: right and I think of some of the of the older people I know who are in their homes by themselves all day and, and that isolation is is deadly yeah
1: it, literally mm-hmm. it kills them
0: mm-hmm. yeah and 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 that's where again it comes down to it doesn't have to be this this huge operation. There was an older woman next door to us who had back issues, and we we would help take her trash out. Mm-hmm. Things like that. that is are just So simple and don't take much time.
1: One thing I do is I have an 85-year-old friend who I try to have over for coffee three or four times a week. That And my intention is, one, they're not in the house, like you said, just watching TV and being alone. But I also... Invite him over here so he has to walk from his house to mine so it keeps him moving, mm-hmm. keeps him mobile, mm-hmm. you know.
0: Let's do this. If we could pick three bullet points out of this entire conversation that we could walk away with, what what can we say?
1: It's really not about you and just you alone. Be aware, focus with intentionality, and take risk. What are your three?
0: Keep it simple. Open your eyes In your own environment, not through the virtual space, but in your physical day to day, I guarantee that you will find ways to make connections.
1: Yeah. What else? I think
0: it's important that we just recognize that every generation, every group has something to offer Mm -hmm. one another. This kind of reoccurring theme throughout all our podcasts is, you know, taking risks and the openness and the awareness of of being a person in life who is just receptive to to life
1: well you know our tagline is bridging the gap one conversation at a time don't wait for the other person to be the bridge Mm -hmm. be the bridge yourself
0: you know all of this like you said it's not about you everything that we're talking about doesn't just benefit you or the other person it it benefits humanity Mm -hmm. As a whole. It's
1: weird because it's not about you, but when you become more of a friend or more of a a neighbor or any of those relational things, it totally affects you, too. So there's mutual benefit. Mm -hmm. It's
0: it's the whole concept of reciprocity.
1: Yeah. Good word at the end. Mm
0: -hmm. Anything else you want to hit on?
1: I love you, and, and I enjoy the conversations.
0: I love you, too, Dad. glad you're... God, you are who you are.
1: Yeah. Thanks for um... nothing. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for nothing, Dad.
0: No, thanks for being a good example for me. I mean, I, I, I saw that. I think I've s- a lot of my openness towards other people I get from you, so I'm appreciative of that, yeah. and I, I learn from you.
1: Same. I admire you. I think Mom and I did a pretty good job of making you and your sister and yeah thanks your sister and your brother
0: <laughs> yeah yeah
1: we're, we're very proud of you and we enjoy the um relationships very much
0: thank you dad have a have a beautiful day everybody
1: have a better day